0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man King.
1: Deontay Wilder claims that he wasn't the same person once he got into the ring because his uniform was very heavy. He had no legs. This is Dan Patrick.
2: If you don't get hit in the face, you don't have to worry if your legs are in good shape.
1: (laughs) Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Spent some time talking about the NFL Players Association, this contract that is going to be sent out to the 2,000 or so players to vote electronically to see if they ratify this. From what I'm told, this is a foregone conclusion that they will ratify this. I don't know when the 17 games happens. Probably next year at the earliest. And then you're going to have the wild card games. That'll happen this year. Also spent some time talking about LeBron against Zion last night. A lot of fun. It was. It was just LeBron, I think, loves those moments where he can just tap somebody on the shoulder and remind them of just how great he is. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle with dpshow. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners. We'll head out to the NFL combine, the NFL network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah, one of our favorites. We'll talk about how tough it is to find a wide receiver because the way the two different They they seem like two different sports, even though they're the same. College football and pro football, scouts are having a real hard time figuring out how good a wide receiver is because you never see a receiver in college get press coverage. In the NFL, you do have that. And a lot of times you just go to a spot and you're wide open in college and trying to find that. And Daniel Jeremiah said there's a ton of great wide receivers in this draft. But how do you differentiate between who's going to be great in the pros, as opposed to who was great in college football. Also, we'll talk about some of the rumors that come up uh, NFL Combine. Joe Burrow met with the media. Tua Tonga met with the media. Uh, there's talk about Cam Newton. Is he going to be there? I don't think he'll be there with Carolina. It, it really depends on what the approach is for Carolina. If that owner vi- views this as a rebuild season, then I think. Cam Newton will be playing for somebody else, but they did give him a sort of vote of confidence yesterday. But I think if I'm rebuilding, I don't want a rebuilding quarterback as well, rehabbing quarterback. And uh, you've moved on, Keekley retired, Greg Olson moved on, and now it's kind of Christian McCaffrey in a cast of wait a minute, who are you guys? I I would be surprised if Cam Newton is their starting quarterback. Uh, No word on Tom Brady. I think that this is in-house with talks with the Patriots, and then they're going to find out if Tom is indeed headed to free agency. No word on Dak Prescott. And I did float this, and once again, I have no inside information. I just brought this up with a scout yesterday. I said, if you said to Jerry Jones, Jerry, the Dolphins will give you two first-round picks and maybe something else for Dak Prescott. Would you do that? If you knew you could get Tua. If you could get Tua a number one and say a second or third round pick, would you do that? And I said that to the scout, and the scout said yes. Knowing Jerry, now he's got Tua, who he might view as being better than Dak Prescott. He's going to be cheaper than Dak Prescott. And now you have that four-year window where you can keep all these players there and win a championship, and you're not spending thirty-five to $38 million a year. So that's, I just threw that out there. I want to I want to make sure everybody understands I have no inside information. I just wondered about this. So uh, I threw that out there. Uh, Joe Burrow, he uh, tried to end the storyline about him not wanting to play for the Bengals yesterday at the Combine. And he says, I'm not going to not play. And I think when people saw that, they went, I'm not going to. It's a double negative. I'm not going to not play. Wait, is he? So does that mean he doesn't want to play for the Bengals? Of course, Joe was saying that, you know, we've made too much out of this, which I've been accused of that. He claimed the media was the one creating the narrative. I understand what he's saying. We do run with something. Sometimes we want something to happen because it's a great story. Like, but Joe's vagueness is making this still breathing. I mean, it might be hooked up to a breathing tube, but it's still breathing. He's basically saying that he'll go there if he has to, which implies Cincinnati is far from his for- first choice. I mean, that that's the feeling that I get. Hey, I'm a ball player. I'm going to go wherever I'm, I'm picked. And I know we're putting a lot on him. I did like him when I met him. I found him refreshingly honest about things. And, uh, you know, when you ask a question, he gave you an answer. But we're going to pick apart everything he's saying now. I expect him to go to Cincinnati as a Cincinnati native. I hope he does go there. I hope he does breathe some new life into that uh, organization. There is no way that Joe Burrow and his camp can go, I want to go to Cincinnati. And by the way, can we stop saying hometown team? That's not his hometown team. He's not from Cincinnati. Ohio's a little bit bigger. He, he grew up in Athens, Ohio. Ohio University. Not Cincinnati. And I'm going to guess he wasn't a Bengal fan growing up. May not have been a Browns fan either. He was born in Iowa, Um, and he's a good fit for a team that's rebuilding. But, you know, here's the situation that happens with these quarterbacks. You get into a situation where I got drafted a little bit later than I should have, but I get to a better team with a better coach and more stability. Or I'm viewed as the savior, and I go to a team that's not very good, a team that has organizational issues. They've been known as cheap. Their facilities are not... Up to par with other ones. Certainly, their practice facility. I don't want him to get into a situation where you may have another head coach in year two, and then you may have another offensive coordinator. If you if you're looking at success, you have to have sustainability, and that would be my biggest concern with Joe Burrow. Now, are they? Do they have the right people in place? I do. I don't know that, and I don't think anybody can say that. But. If he goes there, now he's asked to do things. At LSU, he had a lot of talent. So that helps. He's going to go to Cincinnati. He doesn't have a lot of talent. And I know people say, well, he's got an elite running back in Joe Mixon. No, he's not an elite running back. Joe Burrow's not there to hand off. Like, (laughs) hey, you got an elite running back for you to hand off to. Uh, Got anybody to block or throw to? That would be my first question here. Hey, who am I throwing to? But Joe Burrow, by all accounts, it felt like, hey, don't ask this question anymore. He kept it, I think, strategically vague. That's all. I also heard uh, from a source yesterday, because I'm saying, what's kind of the scuttlebutt going on at the combine? Because I never believe in the headlines. I never believe in what I'm reading, because nobody's going to be honest. But you get people who don't have an agenda. And my source said, hey, somebody's going to fall in love with Justin Herbert. And I go, well, what do you mean? I go, it, it happens every year. Look at Trubisky. Look at Daniel Jones. Somebody out of nowhere goes, I love that guy. Carson Wentz. Eagles fell in love with him. Jared Goff. Rams fell in love with him. Somebody's going to fall in love with Justin Herbert, from what I'm told. Now, that means the Lions and the Giants are going to be players here. If if they, you know, play it correctly that somebody's going up to three. Now, I don't know, if you say to the Redskins, we want to go up to two, if you can somehow, you know, make sure that they get Chase Young. But that's going to be difficult to do. Because if you go up there, they want to make sure they get Chase Young. And I certainly understand that. But the Lions at three and the Giants at four are open for business. And they should be, because if, if I'm looking at Miami, and if I am Miami, I'm going... Can we get who we want here? And that is Tua. If that's who they want, I don't think they're getting him at five. Because he's going to be medically cleared. Now, that doesn't mean if there was an SEC title game, you know, in two weeks he could play. He's just medically cleared to be able to start working out. He's going to have his pro day in a couple of weeks. He's probably going to go throw 60 to 80 passes, and that's it. But I think somebody's going up. And going up to three to get Justin Herbert or Tua. I, th- I think you're going to have to go up that high to get him, which will be uh, really interesting. Yeah, Paul.
2: Your Las Vegas Raiders have the 12th pick and the 19th pick. There's not a lot of teams with double picks in the first round. They're moving to a new sp- space. They have to pay Derek Carr eventually some more. Stick to
1: that. I, You know, Mike Mayock, the GM, you know, the vote of confidence last year with Derek Carr, a lot stronger than the vote of confidence this year. Uh, I've said all along, haven't wavered on, I think the Raiders have a new quarterback when they get to Las Vegas. If they can, they want Tom Brady. If you don't get Tom Brady, do you go with Derek Carr for one more year in Las Vegas? And that might be the case. Also, are the Dolphins making the right choice if they do take a quarterback? Because now... I think if you if you look at this team the way they played at the end of the year, including that win in New England, Brian Flores has got something going on here with this team. They got rid of their marquee players. But, you know, Tunsell and Fitzpatrick, now what do you have here? And if I get that rookie con you know, you know, contract there, now I can build something. And maybe by year three, maybe year four, you're the best team in the division. Maybe. But when do you go in on that quarterback? That would That's the question for that team. Because once you, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick can play for the next five years, and he'll be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Spectacular, and then he'll be scary bad. But if you're going to go – you still have Josh Rosen there as well. But if you're the Dolphins and you want Tua and you can't pass up on Tua – and there are scouts. There are two scouts that uh, said to me, look, we like Tua we like Tua more for the pro game than we do Joe Burrow. And I went, what did Joe Burrow, what's he have to, they said he was sort of average his junior year and he was spectacular senior year. We can't throw out what he did the previous year. And I said, well, wait, don't you think LSU opened up the offense and basically Coach O trusted him? And they said, yes, but you can't throw out that sample size. He said, look at Tua. Was Tua ever bad? Was he ever average? Tua has been great. He just has had injuries. And that's the reason why they think that he, he won't go number one. But there's at least two scouts who are like, yes, if Tua, if, if he would, did not get injured, did not have to suffer this injury, they think there would be a real debate about who would be the number one quarterback. But somebody is going to fall in love with Justin Herbert. Guaranteed. Poll question, McLovin, what do you have? So
0: we put up for hour one. Uh, do you think Steph Curry should play? Yeah. 69% said no. Come on, you got a tank.
1: No one's buying your weak draft. but But he should play. Like, I wish he didn't have to. But for the franchise, he's in for himself. Like, he didn't want to sit there and go to games anymore and just sit there and, you know, do, you know, golf applause. He's getting paid. You moved into a new building. Let him go out there and play for two months here.
0: You know, now that you say it, the difference between one, two, and three doesn't seem big in this draft. No. And there's no by the way, the Warriors, there's no way they're taking seven foot seven. Wiseman can't possibly be in
1: play for them. Can maybe he? maybe you make a make you, you trade. I don't know. We got a long way away before the uh NBA draft. But yeah, Steph wants to play, let him play.
0: Will that be exciting to watch, even though they're sort of not yes. in the
1: Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Compared like... to what I'm watching <laughs> Golden State now. Once they
0: have, they have good about. players, you're going to stop watching. I love Eric Pascal out of Villanova, by the way. Yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah, I'd like to see. I if if for no other reason, than for me, I'd love for Steph Curry to come back and play. So when I when I go through and I, Golden State is on all these marquee games. Like and uh, coming up, it'll be the Lakers and Warriors without all of their stars. That's next on ESPN. Yes,
0: Don't the Hawks feel way better than their record they're the second worst team but I feel like they're on all time it's such a positive it's such a positive storyline for a bad team. They're entertaining.
1: They w- with Trey Young you're always entertaining uh, so I mean I watch them but then I'm I have a sad life. I end up watching these things. Uh, Nick in Arizona joins us. Hi Nick, what's on your mind today? Oh Nick is gone. Uh, do you? Uh, oh, I got this. Um, we got to get my uh, call screen. It's disconnected here. I oh, know. Yeah. yeah. So if we can get our best people on the disconnected uh, call screen, maybe Mario can help me with that. Yes. Hey, you hey, you you. Good, Mario. I do have a couple of uh, meet Friday songs as well. That's fun. Let me see if I can. Uh, as we like to say, let me drop one. And then we'll start our uh, Meat Madness. That'll be coming up during uh, March Madness, of course. Let me see. How about um, Madden, Oklahoma, with the Meat Friday song? Who's grilling meat, Don Dan Patrick, <laughs> show? <laughs> Chicken and broth. Oh, yes, I'll get back road. Who's that you want for oh, a well, meat and fruit. I'll go with Fritzies. He probably got first
3: this. Those sweet and if the steak comes right.
1: on It's time to your me now. Me now. Me now. That's pretty good. That's Matt in Oklahoma, And it feels like he's uh, playing some instruments there. Extra credit for that. He's slapping the bass. Tosh uh, in Tennessee joins us.
4: Like I've been waiting every meal, every day, all week to say Meat Friday, Meat Friday Rots, ribs, and steaks Please leave that pan face off my plate Meat Friday yay. When I get to smell that brisket smoking up in the of flame Meat Friday <laughs>
0: First-time singer, long-time
4: listener, five, eleven, 11 5
1: That's a special kind You don't want to eat. G-O-A-T. Smokers, pork, barbecue, pork, soft. There's many names. That is uh, Tosh in on, Tennessee with Toto. Well Rosanna. Done. Well done. Rosanna. And is that Rosanna Arquette, right, that uh, she had? Didn't Rosanna have... Uh, she also had In Your Eyes. Really? I think I think that song is written about her Peter Gabriel, The Light, The Heat, Your Eyes, I Am Complete. I, I may have just made that up. Did you have...
0: tell us how it was written about your eyes? I remember that one night late at the... Yeah, no. I,
1: I don't think it was.
0: No, it is, Rosé. We looked. We talked about that okay, story okay. about a year ago. Yeah, that so he had not an affair or some kind of uh, relationship with her.
1: Mm, I'm accusing anyone. Yeah, of course not. A long time ago. Thank you, Michael. Statute of limitations or something. <laughs> he talked about it, not oh, okay. me. Yeah. so Rosanna Arquette had two songs written about her. Really? Yeah, Toto and then uh and then that one. That scene with John Cusack when he's holding up the uh the beat uh, beatbox or whatever it is there. He's got his uh his trench coat. Yeah. That's great. All right, let me do one more and then we'll take a break. Uh how about Mike in Hawaii with the Traeger Meat Friday song?
0: It's a little bit yummy, (laughs) the sausage on top, the steak and the brisket, and the thick-cut pork chop. Wish I had money, what would I do? I'd buy a new Traeger for great barbecue.
1: You can tell everybody, suck it back, roll. It's
0: time for Meat Friday on the Dan Patrick Show.
3: Hope you don't bake, hope you don't broil. Frying just makes me ill.
1: Mike in Hawaii. That was beautiful. When you start out with yummy, I mean, it's just... I, I laugh every time I hear the first line of every one of these songs. It's right. a little bit yummy. this <laughs> feeling inside. Yes, Paulie. Gutsy to
2: take on Elton John. Do you think he was playing the piano there? It sounded like he was. He could have been.
1: Yeah. He could have been. I just love that there was some moment that that dude was like driving in his car or something <laughs> and that song came on. And he started saying, like, wait
2: a minute. It's a little
1: bit yummy. This is a Meek Friday song. I... That's what fascinates me when somebody goes, that's the song I'm going to use for a Meat Friday song. We'll take a break. Uh, phone call's coming up. We've got some people who want to talk about Joe Burrow. Daniel Jeremiah will join us from the NFL Combine. What do you think of what I've been saying about uh, Tua, Justin Herbert, and uh, Joe Burrow? We'll get those answers coming up. 20 after the hour. This is The Dan Patrick Show.
3: it's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today, geico.com.
0: Everyone knows that finding qualified candidates when you're hiring is a very difficult job. But I'll tell you right now, ZipRecruiter makes it a lot easier. Let's talk about Codable co-founder Gretchen Huebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you too can sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. With results like that, it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter is definitely the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Patrick. Again, if you want to hire smart, qualified people, you have to go to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-N-P-A-T-R-I-C-K. That's ziprecooter.com slash Dan Patrick.
1: Well, well, well. Russell Wilson, Jr., the third, weighing in on the collective bargaining agreement. The NBA and Major League Baseball are doing it right. Players come first. All NFL players deserve the same. We, capital letters, should not rush the next 10 years for today's satisfaction. I vote no. I've been saying this, and it's fallen upon deaf ears. Why are you signing up for 10 years? That helps the NFL, their TV partners. But if I'm a player, and, and you know what? The percentage doesn't go up. We The the pie itself gets bigger. Why does it stop at, why is it capped at 48%? The players used to have 50%, and then it went down.
0: Yeah, McLevin? I'm not sure. Sheffner tweeted today that that's still the highest of the four leagues, percentage-wise. Which I don't, I don't understand, by the way, and I'm not clear. The 50% the owners get, does that that's like for running operations, right? Like, they don't just pocket that 50%, do
1: they? I don't know the breakdown of yeah. it. I, I don't think they've ever let anybody see their books.
0: But Scepter, who, who knows where his motive is, but saying 48 for 5 is still better than MLB, NHL. And the problem with the NFL is there's so many guys on a roster where those other sports yeah. have such smaller rosters. That's true.
1: UEFA Champions League continues today. Real Madrid versus Manchester City. That's spicy. Coverage begins at 2 Eastern. Watch live on TNT and stream every match on VR Live. Robin Dayton joins us on the program. Hey, Rob, what do you have for me today?
4: Hey, Dan. Hey, guys. Man, I'm a big fan of you guys. Always have been. Uh, but I got some answers for some of your questions. And There's plenty of talent in Cincinnati, uh, offensive weapons for him. Just two years ago, Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing. This past season, he only finished with 1,100-plus yards, but he only had 350, 360 yards in the first eight games, and then he turned it on. Um, you know, you got Tyler Boyd, one of the best number two wide receivers in football. I know John Ross has been kind of back and forth and has a lot of drops, but he has potential. You know, they want A.J. Green back. I mean, that's some pretty good weapons for Joe Burrow. And as far as them being cheap, what Carson Palmer said, I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2005, he signed like a $97 million contract, making the top three paid quarterback in the league. Well, no, he got
1: paid, but Rob, there had to be something there where he said, I'd rather not play than play for Cincinnati.
4: Well, I mean, I, I I guess I just feel like, you know, he didn't even finish his contract after he made all that money. I I was kind of disappointed in him because I was a huge fan of him. And you sign a contract and you get that kind of money. You should have stuck your contract out. Yeah, He had plenty of weapons. He had Hushmanzada, Chad. They even brought in TO for him to make him happy and, yeah,
1: but I, I don't – you know, you don't have a, a tight end. You're not sure about A.J. Green. And you know what? If Joe Mixon is an elite running back, then I apologize. Uh, yeah. But it feels like if you don't get, you know, 1,000 – every running back, every, every starting running back should get 1,000 a, a yards. I like you think about it. What are, you, what are you averaging, 50 yards a game? You know, so what? Uh, but I, I just don't know if they have weapons there in Cincinnati where you go, boy, that's a great offense to walk into. Yeah, McLeod.
0: I mean, Eddie, Mixon was so bad at the beginning of the year. My guy, Eddie Dahl, lived in 2nd and 11, 3rd and 11. He was at like averaging two yards a carry until Week 9.
1: Let me bring in Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst. And uh, he joins <laughs> us from the Combine. The uh, NFL Network's coverage, live coverage of the Combine, starts Thursday at 4 Eastern with quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Let me start with that. this whole Joe Burrow situation. What, what is the buzz at uh, the Combine about what they think the Bengals are going to do? And is there an end game for Joe Burrow?
5: Well, I think there was a lot of chatter, Dan, about, you know, does he try and force his way out of there? And, uh, you know, I thought there, there's two ways you can do that if you chose to do it, and one of which would never work with Mike Brown of the Bengals, and that's to go John Elway, scorched earth, go public. Um, you know, and really kind of embarrass the team. That would that just wouldn't work. The Bengals would take him and uh, and not set the, that type of a precedent. But the other way to do it is kind of the Eli way, which is a little more back channeled. Um, so I, I think if that if that was going on, I don't know that we would even know about it. So yeah, um, you know, I still think when it's all said and done, he's going to get picked by the Bengals. He's going to show up and play for the Bengals. Um, but if that was going on behind the scenes, I wouldn't be totally shocked.
1: I think he's keeping it, you know, maybe uh, strategically vague on purpose. Yeah. what do you think?
5: Yeah, I I just I just think, again, if you come out and go scorched earth right now, um, it's not going to end well for you. So, you know, I I think you try and gather as much information as you can. And I've you know, I I thought it'd be interesting to see what the Bengals do in free agency. You know, if you want to show that you're committed and and you really do want to win a championship, do something out of your character and go out there and be a little bit more aggressive in free agency, something that they just never have really done.
1: I had a, a source tell me this yesterday a couple of things we talked about TuA and I said if if Tua didn't have this hip injury now granted he does have this but if he didn't, would there be serious debate about who should be the number one quarterback taken
5: For me, I think you'll get some different answers for me there is and I, I would take if Tua was totally healthy I would still take Joe Burrow okay um, so that that's my my opinion I know there's there's people on both sides that argue I really like Tua. But to me, when you have two players that played for, you know, on incredibly talented teams, there's so much of the production you have to kind of set aside, Dan, and you have to dig in. And to me, you've got to study the quality opponents they played against, and then you've got to really study the the pressure snaps that they played because there aren't a lot of them. I think with, with Burrow this past year, he had maybe 180 of them. I think Tua had maybe 68 or right around 70 snaps where he was under pressure. Hmm. And when you study the better opponents and when you study them when they're under pressure, it's a decided edge for Joe Burrow and the way they performed. And that, to me, is why I ended up with Burrow over Tua.
1: I also had a source tell me that somebody's going to fall in love with Justin Herbert. Somebody's going to go up. And it, it feels like we're surprised every year with Mitchell Trubisky or Daniel Jones that Justin Herbert might be that quarterback. Your thoughts?
5: I think I think you'll get a varied opinion on that one. I actually I actually think Jordan Love has more upside than than Herbert. So, um, you know, I think Herbert, in terms of somebody that can get on the field right now, um, he's he's incredibly intelligent. He's played a ton of football. Um, he's I think he he's going to be kind of at his ceiling pretty early on. And he's a great athlete, but Herbert's not really a, a playmaker, an off schedule playmaker. He's going to execute as designed in, in the play sheet. Whereas Jordan Love. Has a little bit more moxie, a little more playmaking ability, um, and a little more upside. But he's just—he's not ready to play right now. But I, I think Dan, when you look at kind of the the five, six, and seven, you know, I think you're going to see uh, at least two quarterbacks go in that range. You're going to have Cincinnati take one, then you're going to see two more. Uh, I believe go in that range. I think Herbert would probably be the favorite behind Tua to be that third quarterback. But I think it's a very real possibility we have three go in the top six picks, and then another one with Jordan Love. Once you get down to you know Raiders Colts Tampa um, I think you, you could see him go in that range
1: also we make a big deal about quarterbacks hands why don't we make a big deal about wide receivers hands <laughs> it's it, you know I looked it up
5: and I, I, every year before the combine and we'll talk about it on the air as these workouts are going on but I like to uh, you know look up how the top players in the NFL I don't care you know what everybody in the combine did or what even NFL starters did. But like receivers, I'll take the top ten in terms of receptions and yards, and then I'll I'll look up all their combine numbers and see what you learn. The fascinating thing, Dan, is the average forty time for the top ten receivers in those statistical categories is four five five. <laughs> so it's not the forty; it's the four five. You know what? What a bunch of them have is some stinking huge hands. Um, so it does. There is something there in terms of the hand size those wide receivers.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that – I it's one thing to hold a football. It's another thing to catch the football when it's thrown <laughs> to you. That, that always amazed me. But I saw where Mike Mayock was talking about how it's really tough to try to figure out how that wide receiver who's successful in college is going to be successful in the pros because it's a completely different game that's played. There's no press coverage. You go to a spot, you're usually wide open there. I don't know how much you're reading a defense there, but – are you? I know you say this is one of the great wide receiving drafts in recent memory, but how do you know who's going to make that transition?
5: Well, I, I think first of all, that's been a challenge evaluating you know receivers making that leap for decades. You know because you're going to see so much more press coverage, but I think as you you know the more you do it, you look at it and say, okay, even though he's not seeing press coverage, I can tell by his foot quickness off the line. I can tell uh, by his strength you got to beat press coverage with your feet or your hands, Dan. So you've got to either have that foot quickness to escape or you got to have the strength upper body-wise to, to power through and get off press. So you kind of have to look at those things and project what these guys are going to be able to do. Um, the good news is while maybe you don't see as much press coverage in, in some of these college games, these kids have played so much seven-on-seven seven and have run so many routes that I think there's a lot more route polish to these guys that, than we've seen. I think it gets better and better every year. And that's why you're starting to see, you know, some of these guys have, have more of an impact. And, and you saw it last year with especially the old Miss kids with, with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaurin, um, all those guys stepping on the field and, and playing pretty well. Obviously, Debo Samuel would be a poster child.
1: Jalen Hurts uh, facing the questions about being a quarterback or not. Um, where do you stand on Jalen Hurts playing that position?
5: I was encouraged by the fact that I found out today when they have the meeting and you can request for players to play other positions that none of the 32 teams requested Jalen Hurts to play another position, which speaks well to the intelligence of the NFL, that they're not asking this guy to play another position. He's a quarterback. Um, It's what he is. There's been some comparisons to Dak Prescott. um, And I think there's something to that in terms of just the strength, uh, the ability to extend plays. I think Dak, through with more anticipation and a little more accurate but this kid this makes plays man and, and to me i think when you get in the second round not every team's going to have him there but some team i think is going to fall in love with him and say we can kind of build our offense around somebody like this
1: talking to daniel jeremiah nfl network analyst they got the combine thursday at four eastern with the quarterbacks wide receivers and the tight ends when tua gets examined is it just one doctor who's examining him and then you get the teams to get the information from that examination or is he going to every team?
5: Well, I think all those teams get in there together. Uh, so you'll see, I think I was, I was talking to, uh, Steve Weish, who's, uh, who spent some time uh, around two in his camp. And I think he said it was 10 hours of medical stuff yesterday. So it's, uh, it is a long, long process, you know, with all those teams, doctors getting a chance to, to look at you and, and, uh, and poke and prod you. you. Have to be careful, obviously, with that with that injury specifically. Uh, but you know, the films I believe get those same films, obviously, get sent out to all the teams. But in terms of the physical examination, each of the teams have an opportunity there.
1: Highest graded quarterback you've ever been around since you've been doing this? And
5: Andrew Luck. Yeah, Andrew Luck's still the highest
1: graded quarterback that I've done. So. Who might surprise uh, me that you had a high grade for?
5: Well, I mean, I've, I've made it known at the time. I was a big Sam Darnold fan, so i a been great on Sam Darnold. Are you uh, still? I've got a. Yeah, I'm still hopeful there. He's still young. Um, I think he's got all the tools, Dan. He's got all the ability. They've got to give him some help, um, and he needs to not get mono. That would also be uh, helpful. Um, so. To get him with the offensive line.
1: Daniel, that was in in his draft profile, susceptible to mono. (laughs) I don't know how you didn't see that or the Jets didn't. (laughs) I try to do as much background as I can, Dan. I missed that one. But Sam Darnold, to me, if I'm Joe Burrow's camp and I look at Sam Darnold where I'm not with a good organization, no stability there, and what kind of weapons do I have, Like that's where you get into bad habits if if you said that Sam Darnold was going to be playing for the Texans or the Chiefs, we would look at Sam Darnold differently. That's why we're not quite sure at how good he is because it feels like the whole team and the organization you're not how not sure how good they are.
5: Yeah, and I'm you know I'm am hopeful with the Jets. I work with Joe Douglas and he's just gotten there. He hasn't had a chance to go through a draft yet with them, so uh, I'm hopeful that he's going to get a chance to to build up around him and, and give him a fighting chance because. It just hasn't been fair. Like I, I look, I'm watching the Super Bowl, Dan, and and I'm watching Garoppolo and, and make some plays, and I'm sitting here going, "Is there anything Jimmy Garoppolo does that, that Sam Darnold couldn't do if he had Kyle Shanahan and that and that system in place?" Like a lot of the success for these guys at that position early on is, is dependent on uh, on where they land and what they have around them.
1: Well, imagine Joe Burrow with San Francisco.
5: Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, he's got Joe Burrow. Everybody, you talk about quarterbacks wanting to have a you know, kind of their super human trait. And with Joe Burrow, it's not arm strength. What his superhuman strength is his vision. Like his field vision is as good as I've seen from, from any quarterback I've ever done. Like his, his ability to see things to, to work through progression and get the ball out of his hand is as good as I've ever seen. And, and with Kyle Shanahan's brain matched with this kid's uh, knowledge to be able to dissect the defense, that'd be scary.
1: If I had Kyler Murray Baker Mayfield in this year's draft, what would be the draft order?
5: I would say, it's a great question, Kyler Murray is so unique. Um, I would say probably Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, then Baker wow. uh, would be my guess. But I would say there's more of a discussion between the first two. I would say Baker would be third no matter what. Um, but there will be some, some teams with certain offenses that would favor uh, Burrow. Others would be more intri- intrigued by what you can get with Kyler Murray.
1: Are you in the bench press area at the Combine?
5: I am. Fortunately, there's, uh, there's nobody on the bench press at this point in time.
1: But what could you throw up if I said, why don't you get in there and l- l- let me hear oh, you do I'd one do, rep?
5: I'd buckle. I'd <laughs> buckle. I, I, did, I, did, uh, I did 13 my senior year uh, going at Appalachian State, did 13 reps. And then I can honestly tell you, Dan, that was in the year 1999, and I have not gotten under a bench press since 1999. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dumbbell guy.
1: But that was when you were on HGH, and that helped you with the uh, the two twenty five right
5: I, I, I yeah well you know no comment but the, uh, <laughs> the, the thing about the bench press when it gets quiet in here, you hope that they're cheering because dan you hear some you'll you'll hear some things when that when they're trying to squeeze out that last rep it's, oh it's not, always, it's not always pretty
1: gaseous clay <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um Hey, have fun out there, and uh, good luck. We'll be counting on you. Uh, I appreciate
5: it, Dan. It should be fun.
1: That's Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst for Eastern on Thursday. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. We get all excited. Underwear Olympics. Oh, my gosh. Look how fast he's running. Look at the cone drill. None of that matters to me. I want to know how quick you are. I would take quickness over uh, speed at any of these positions, I want to know how quick you are because it feels like everything is just predicated on that snap count. So quick, getting the ball out. How quick are you? How quick can I get to my route? How quick do I throw it? How quick can I try to defend somebody? If I'm a a lineman, how quick am I going to be to take that step back? If I'm an edge rusher, how quick? I don't need speed. I need quickness there. Take a break. We'll come back after this on the Dan Patrick Show.
3: Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now back to the show.
1: Wake Forest beat Duke last night in double overtime. Duke had a 98.4% win probability with 115 left to go in regulation. Duke led 78-69 to and lost that game, 113-101. to Once again, I don't know who's good. I don't think anybody's great. Baylor might be good. Kansas is good. But I don't know these other teams. If San Diego State is great, good, Dayton. I mean, there's quite a few teams that you just go, I have no clue. When it comes to filling out my brackets, you might go, I have no idea. No idea. And it feels like every year we say the same thing. Man, it's going to be crazy that first week, March Madness. Every year we say that. It is crazy the first week. Maybe the first two weeks. And then after that. It kind of gets back to one surprise in the Final Four, and then you'll get probably three teams where you know who the coach is. And that's about it. I'm watching Louisville the other night, and I'm going, I don't, are they any good? And then, you know, Florida State roughs them up. And so I'm trying to watch as much as I can. But it feels like the more I watch, the less I know when it comes to college basketball. Update the poll results, there, McLever.
0: Should Steph Curry play? Sixty-four percent say no. Yeah, I hope he plays.
1: There is an outbreak of the uh, coronavirus in northern Italy, so you have some soccer matches, including uh, Juventus against Inter Milan. They're going to be they're going to play these games behind closed doors this weekend. And I'm, so I'm guessing no fans are going to be allowed to go to this soccer match. We're going to talk to Mike Tirico in about a half hour from now. He's hosting the Olympics. They from what I'm being told, there is sort of a drop-dead date of you're either going to have the Olympics or you're not in Tokyo. And I believe that's in May, that I think there's a three-month window that you have to decide if you're going to have the Olympics this year because of the coronavirus. And uh, we'll talk to Mike Tirico about that. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle, at DPShow. Um were we going to go with any other poll questions, McLovin, for the uh, final hour? Of you know, time? I had
0: a I had a poll question that we've been talking about. It, but now that we know Tua is going to work out in April, is there a question who would you take Tua over Burrow? I know you and Daniel just discussed it, and he's on Burroughs. By too. the
1: way, Oregon Duck fans, I didn't say it. Daniel Jeremiah did. They're like, what's he saying that Justin Herbert's not a playmaker? That's Daniel Jeremiah. He's the analyst there. He throws dimes. Now, I do know that he ran for three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl, and that that's a playmaker. But that's not exactly what I want out of my quarterback. I'd like to know. I'd like him to be more consistent. That's
0: all. Have you focused in on this Jordan Love character yet who's getting so much talk? Oh,
1: character. I, 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 I don't know if he's a character, but I did <laughs> I did watch. Uh, I told you I watched part of one game and one complete game because I was told, hey, this guy could be somebody special. And then I watched, and I said, I- maybe I'm missing something. And then I was told, well, didn't- he doesn't have a lot of weapons there. Like, didn't they- did they have a losing record this year? I'll check. Yeah, yeah, Paul.
2: Some of the criticism of Justin Herbert during his junior year was accuracy. I think he was 59%. Yeah. But then as a sophomore, he was 67%. And as a senior, he was 67%. The guy's throwing 95 touchdowns and 23 picks in college. If this were 10 years ago, don't you think Justin Herbert would be the shoe in number one draft pick based on – and uh,
1: dimensions and what we're used to. Well, he's got big hands, too. So that gigantic hands. To. Yeah, that helps. He's got two of them. Yeah. Oh, he has two. Yep, double-checked. Okay. Yes, McLovin. I
0: thought want to be clear. You said he'd go three. That's pretty darn close well, to one. Well, I think somebody is yeah. moving
1: up. I just yeah. – it happens every year. I we, still count. We already know about Joe Burrow and Tua. There, there's no surprise there. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones, we didn't know. Mitchell Trubisky, we didn't know. And you had somebody who falls all take, it just takes one team where they go, got to have that guy. Yeah, McLovin.
0: Uh, by the way, Utah State was 7-6 last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so barely. Okay. And Jacob Eason's getting top 10 talk just based
1: on height. I know. I saw that. I never saw, once again, I never saw the consistency. Because it feels like every year you watch Washington and you go, man, they look like they're loaded. Boy, they look like they're, they're top 10 team, they're top five team. And then all of a sudden you go, what happened to Washington?
2: Yeah, Paul. But I remember when Jacob Eason got to Georgia People were in love with that guy. Before Jake Fromm came to town, they were like, this is the next Matt Stafford. This guy's going to be there three and out. And He was considered a sure thing for the pros when he came to Georgia.
1: But look at the players they've had and the quarterback they kept is the third best quarterback out of those three. Justin Fields, and then you got Easton, and then you got Fromm. Yeah, McLevin.
0: By the way, small hands. I I love your – the best player comp you've had uh, is Jordan Love and Daniel Jones. It's like the same phenomenon all over again.
1: I saw this quote from Bruce Arians, Buccaneers. I love this. He says, uh, guarding against combine darlings. You might run a 4-3, but your tape says you're 4-6. You might run a 4-6, but your tape says you're 4-4. The tape don't lie. The combine lies. You can fall in love at the combine and get your bleep broke. That's right. That happens every year. And you could say to coaches and GMs and scouts, hey, don't fall in love. And you'll get these guys who come back, and they'll be like, "Oh my God, this guy is unbelievable!" You see the cone drill? I know. They bypass what they see on tape, and then they go, well, "No, we'd rather see something where nobody's guarding anybody, tackling anybody. You're wearing shorts. You're inside. That guy, man, he's dropping dimes." I'm like, "Okay, how did he do it in competition?" Are we going to have the Olympics? When do we find out if they're going to call this off because of the coronavirus? Mike Tirico will join us coming up. Dan Patrick Show. Podcast One has some exciting news.
2: It's
3: official.
5: Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free.